It's time to take your seat in the front row with Mike Vaccaro. Here's your host, Mike Vaccaro. Thank you, Chuck, and welcome, everybody. It's episode number 13 in the front row with Mike Vaccaro. I am your host. Behind the scenes, as always, it's J.R. Quitman, our creator, producer, and director. Coming up on this 13th episode, it is Mixed Martial Arts, our middleweight contender number four from UFC. Derek Brunson is our guest. He talks about his journey over 10 years on the UFC level. He also has a big fight coming up February 12th and also a chance maybe at the title coming up this summer as well. And maybe a boxing match against Jake Paul. Hmm, he talks about that. Stay with us here. It's episode number 13 of In the Front Row with Mike DeCaro featuring Derek Brunson. First of all, man, I, I appreciate you joining us. I know you're you're right in the middle of training right now. You've got a big fight coming up in, in February, getting ready for that. So uh, I appreciate you taking a little time out of that schedule to to join us here today. And we w- really want to learn about you as you get ready for that fight and get ready for what we're hoping for you, some some big things in the middleweight uh, level for UFC. So uh, first of all, you know, you're from Wilmington. You grew up in Wilmington. You still live there now. Tell us what life was like for you growing up in Wilmington and, and what sports were were you playing at that time growing up? So when it came to sports, uh, I dabbled in a little bit of everything. Um, most of my young age, I did cheerleading, which a lot of people wouldn't expect. Then I played football, wrestling, track. So, yeah, I did a little bit of everything. And just uh, growing up in Wilmington, North Carolina has been, you know, you know, pleasant. You know, I grew up in a low-income family. We grew up on, on the north side of town and been here all my life. I travel a lot, but I always find myself back at home just because, you know, it's the place that I've grown to know. And it's, it's a happy medium for me. When you're around town and you see other kids, maybe from that same neighborhood that you grew up in, does that give you a chance to talk to them and, and give them, you know, some hope that, hey, you know, I'm doing this. You can do this as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, the, the thing with being an athlete and being a person of note, or celebrity is just giving back, you know, you can't just take, 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 you know, so you, at some point you have to give back and inspire the youth. You have a lot of people that look up to you. So just being that like a uh, figure and role model for the, for the youth. Let's talk about the cheerleading. Obviously it was competitive cheerleading for you. What, what drew you to that, uh, to competitive cheerleading as well as the other sports that you mentioned? Well, so uh, I started the competitive cheerleading at an early age, like uh, my older cousins, ran into some girls at school and they were like, Hey, um, I seen you doing flips and stuff. You should try out for our Chilean team. We need some guys that can flip. So, um, the older cousin joined the team and me and the younger brothers, we were tumbling and stuff like that. So we kind of like came up under them and it, one day it was like, Hey, why don't you come in and try out? So we tried out and it was, you know, love at first sight. I would say, you know, we were like, uh eighth grade ninth grade boys hanging out with a whole bunch of girls 24 7 so that was fun for us and you know really enjoyable the the flips and everything does that pay dividends now in in your mma career oh yeah from from like tumbling flips you have to have a strong core you definitely develop a strong core and like tossing girls up in the air which is called stunning it makes your upper body big so like going into another sport you automatically have like pretty good core strength and upper body strength and it translates well because most sports are predicated off having good upper, upper body strength, strength and mobility and stuff like that. So it goes hand in hand and flexibility and being able to scramble when it comes to wrestling and MMA and, and other things. Yeah. 
Yeah, you mentioned wrestling there. You kind of gravitated to that as well as you wrestled in high school at, at Hoggard High School, a school that's kind of known maybe more for some other sports, put out some uh, some NFL players at, at Hoggard High School. But, you know, why wrestling? What what led you to wrestling and, and the love of that sport as well? Yeah, it was funny enough, man. Um, I wrestled only one year my senior year, and it was a sport like none other, you know, just a grind 24-7 and just being like, dominant and it's an individual sport you know so you can't blame it on anyone else so you got to go home look yourself in the mirror and say hey i got to get better so it's one of those sports that you know you can't make any excuses you got to always look back at yourself so i was kind of drawn to that um i had some football scholarships and offers but i signed my letter of intent to wrestle first and i just stuck with that and here we are today yeah you went to unc pembroke on the wrestling scholarship there and and you were an All-American, a Division II All-American as well. So only one year in high school, and then you became a, an All-American. Uh, I mean, you know, what what took you to that, you know, that quickly going from one year to, to the next level? Um, Just hard work, you know. Um, That's always been my motto and how I do things in life, no matter what it is, is being a parent, um, real estate, training, MMA, Anything that I do, I do it like full-fledged, you know. So that's why I never got into alcohol and drugs because I'm pretty sure if I did alcohol and drugs, I'd probably be like the biggest guy holding up my thumb on the side of the road. So, man, anything that I do, I make sure that I'm putting max effort and I'm applying myself. So even if you start something late, if you really apply yourself, you could make up for that lost time. So, again, three-time Division II All-American, 2003 to 2005. What do you remember most about that wrestling career at UNC Pembroke? Oh, it was great, you know. Um, I, it's funny, I had Division One offers out of high school. And like I said, I signed the letter in, of intent with UNC Pembroke, so I had to honor that. But um, even after my freshman year where I was All-American, I placed fourth in the country, I got offers from D1 schools. And I stayed at UNC Pembroke just because, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm a loyal guy and it's real comfortable for me. I got an education. You know, I was just on the right path and I enjoyed the university, but that was good for me opposed to going to a big university. You know, like I said, I, I don't know. I'm, I go with more, you know, what's comfortable for me, what works for me. I'm working hard. I'm having a good time. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, when you're thinking sports in college, the biggest thing is getting education. And you're close to home, I guess. Lumberton, North Carolina, not too far from Wilmington. Did that play into sticking around there and, and, and that loyalty as well to UNC Pembroke? I, I wouldn't say that. You know, I, I like being close to home. But, you know, regardless, I'm always going to come back to home, you know, for the holidays and stuff like that to come visit the family. So that wasn't really the thing. It's just um, I just really felt comfortable at UNC Pembroke. You know, I enjoyed my time there. And I think that was the perfect university for me at the time, even though I had bigger and better offers quote-unquote, that was on paper. So what do you think of when you see these other guys in other sports, you know, again, the college level, the transfer portal, and everybody trying to find that next level? And, again, you go back to your loyalty. What do you think when you see some of those guys doing that? Ah, man, times have changed so much, you know. Um, I remember when, I guess, right before or 2002, you know, when I graduated from high school, if you didn't go to, like, let's talk NFL, if you didn't go to, like, Miami or uh, just one of the big Penn State or one of the big schools, then you were not going to look get looked at for the, the NFL or you weren't going to get that shot. Or if you didn't um, 
play at a big Division One school for basketball. You're not going to make it to the NBA. But it's not like that anymore. It's all individually based and how hard you work. You know, you got people like Kawhi Leonard went to, like, San Diego State, and he was considered, you know, one of the top three NBA players for the last, you know, three or four seasons, you know. So everything is making the most of wherever you're at and, you know, that steady work. That's some some good advice uh, again as you're talking to young kids uh, in the community. Let's talk now about your MMA career and 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 when did you kind of get that mindset? Okay, after school I've got to do something. This is maybe the next thing for me. When did you think that mixed martial arts was going to be what it was for you? Well, I got bored a little bit after college, and I was working. I mean, I, I wasn't working out every day. I was working out here and there. But I really wanted to, like, get into something where I can, like, do on a daily basis. Just being a competitor, you know, you always want to compete, always want that edge, always want to, you know, do something that's competitively driven. So I uh, got back into the gym. I was like, you know what? I'm, I didn't really – I didn't win a national title in college, placed fourth as a freshman, and I never got higher than fourth, fourth you know. And I was predicated off of – not me not working hard because I always work hard and did what I was supposed to do, but I didn't do extra. So I was like, okay, if I did extra, then that's what it takes to be elite, uh, like at the top of your game. You know, all the guys who are national champions who are top in the world, these guys do extra. They do what they're supposed to do and they do extra. So I was like, you know, I really want to get back and apply that extraness into a sport. So I was pursuing like Olympic style wrestling and I kind of fell into a gym where they had like a lot of former uh, collegiate wrestlers, and I was the better wrestler of the group. So after that, the guys wanted to keep going, which was jujitsu. Whenever they hits the ground, hit the ground. So I started learning jujitsu, and then you know the guys like, hey, maybe you should take a fight. I was like, nah, I'm just you know trying to wrestle. And soon after, I just kind of started taking boxing. And two months after that, I took my first amateur fight. Had another fight after that, and two months after that, I went pro. So everything kind of happened fast and. Like I said, just who I am, I just like to work hard. So things typically happen fast whenever you put a lot of work for What is it about mixed martial arts? What attracts you to that? Because, again, as you mentioned, boxing, wrestling, you know, jiu-jitsu, it's, it's a lot of different uh, disciplines within that. What, what attracted you to that? Yeah, it, it's it's a mano y mano, you know, may the best man win, you know. You get – you it's a professional sport so you can make money from it opposed to if you're just wrestling there's really no money in wrestling you know they have like olympic style wrestling you you can make you know forty fifty thousand dollars a year you know which is which is solid money you know but being a professional athlete you can make a lot more so um and i make my own schedule and i'm not on anybody else's time yeah so some good stuff there it's uh, like owning your own business which you're doing now and we'll talk a little bit about that later on as well but uh, your MMA debut, 2010 versus John Bryant. What do you remember about uh, that fight for you? Yeah, I remember, you know, it, it was my first big step. You know, I had two amateur fights before that. Um, this guy was, like, short and, you know, really jacked. I was like, you know, worst-case scenario, we're going to get to the ground to my strength, and we're going to do some work there. So that's what happened. You know, I came out with – with, with a one-two, threw a punch, threw a kick, and then I took the guy down, took his back, and choked him. So, yeah, uh, that was the start of my professional career. MMA, you know, other other sports, obviously, you're scouting your opponents and you're, you're looking at video. Are you doing the same thing for MMA? How do you prepare uh, for a fight and for your opponent to, to learn his tendencies and, and how you can, you know, go to your strength, which is wrestling? Yeah, for sure. You break guys down, watch film, uh, try to uh, – 
find their weaknesses, try to find their strengths, and then plan according, you know. Um, you just don't look at a film and say, hey, the guy is weak here, and just go with that. You also look at his strength, too, so you'll know exactly what you're dealing with. You're getting ready for a fight now. How much of a you know lead-up do you have as far as working out, getting ready for a fight? How much are you putting into each fight that uh, that you have? Yeah, I put a lot into it. You know, I put a lot into my training. Um, the last two years, I've been doing training camps down in South Florida at Sanford MMA. So pretty soon here next week, I'll head down to South Florida and I have, you know, five weeks down there training. Then I'll fight. Then I'll come back home, you know. And um, I normally go out there for like two weeks, come home, then go back and finish out, go to the fight, come home. So that's kind of been a routine for the past couple of years, and it's been really successful. So, again, 2010, your, your first fight – Strike Force in 2011 to 2012. Tell me about that experience for you and 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 how that was maybe the the, the next step for you and your progress in on the uh, mixed martial arts level. Yeah, um, my, my first fight in Strike Force was a really tough guy. You know, I was telling, I was being told, "Hey, we're gonna get you in here, kind of give you some warm up fights." And I was six zero at the time, and the first guy I get was nine zero. I'm like, "Hey, where's the warm up?" So, you know, guy was a pretty good striker. Um, very athletic. The guy was like a former college runner. So, you know, he he had pretty good cardio and stuff like that. So it was an intense fight. I stuck to my strengths. I think I had like 13 takedowns. You know, I was just, you know, sticking to what I know best. And during that time, too, you were wearing contact lenses and then you got LASIK surgery. How, how do you go at MMA with contact lenses? That's got to be difficult. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, you definitely need your vision and vision is important. So I went into a couple of fights with contacts and I got poked in the eye or got caught in a scramble. My, my head hit their shoulder or something like that. And my contact popped out. So, you know, but I can see close up fine, but not far away. So it kind of wasn't the worst, but yeah, definitely, you know, if a guy was standing across the cage, you know, and it kind of helped though. I couldn't see the fans or if they were giving me middle fingers or whatever. So <laughs> you, you were just focused on what was right in front of you. That's probably good in the, in this business. Well, right. well, again, uh, you did well, obviously, there that led up to, to UFC. You make your debut. I saw you posted just the other day. Actually, yesterday was your debut, December 29th, 2012, uh, UFC 155. Tell me about that because, again, that's kind of – it's got to be the pinnacle of where you want to be as an MMA fighter, and you got there, and uh, now it's your 10-year anniversary of that moment. Yeah. Um, most guys want to get a warm-up. Maybe, like, they have the contender show now. Um, maybe a smaller card, but I go to like Junior Dos Santos. Uh, who was it? Junior Dos Santos and Cain Velasquez. That was the, number two, the part two, the fight. And I get on that card. And it's a huge card, and I'm actually on the pay per view. So like my first fight in the UFC, and I'm fighting a guy who's known for knocking people out, Chris Levin. So yeah, it was it was definitely a, a crazy moment. Um, on a big card, you know, it's thirty thousand people in the stands, you know, and Chris Levin was a fan favorite, so yeah, definitely was an interesting, intriguing fight. And unanimous decision, you you defeated him as well. So uh, again, you get on that big card, and then you have that win as well. Did you feel like okay, this is this is going well, and this is gonna you know I'm gonna continue to progress here and and, and move up in the chain? Oh yeah, absolutely. I remember, funny enough, we was at the it was at the MGM Grand in Vegas, and um, I was walking through with like three other teammates who were fighting on the card also. And one of the guys had been fighting in the UFC for a period of time. And he stopped in the 
uh, affliction store and he bought some like $400 pair of jeans. I'm like, bro, like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I think I probably had like $300 in my bank account or something like that. And I was like, man, this guy's crazy. And, but yeah, and that was my first big, big fight. You know, I made 30,000 from there. And, you know, a guy from 300 in my bank account to 30,000, one check. I'm like, this is all mine, you know? So yeah, it was the start of something good and uh, definitely motivating to go out there and get a big win. And it was momentum going forward. Yeah, certainly it worked out well. So, so from there, then 2014, a four fight contract, 2019, another six fight contract. So, so again, what were you thinking at that point that, like I said, you start with $300, $30,000. Did you feel like, okay, things are going well here and I'm continuing to, to do what I need to do to, to again, develop and stay in the UFC? Yeah, for sure. It just showed me all of my hard work and what I've been doing was what I should have been doing and it paid off, you know, to where I had a little bit of comfort, comfort I was a little comfortable, you know, so um, tripped up over that word. But yeah, um, I was able to train and train with a little peace, you know, so yeah, it worked out. How does it work out with, you know, somebody like Dana White? Does he talk to you and, and kind of tells you, you know, where you're at and, and what you need to develop and what you need to do to continue to to move up and be a contender on the, the middleweight level? Nah. So Dana White really doesn't – Dana White doesn't do that to any fighter. Um, most of – most, most I would say 95% of people in the UFC has an agent or a manager. So they talk directly to the matchmakers of the UFC and they um, discuss what's next and go from there. Um yeah, that, that's pretty much how business is conducted with that. When you have those fights, do you get to pick and choose kind of when you want to fight to, to give your body a chance to recover from each fight and then for you to get ready for the next one? Yeah, you can say you – I mean, you don't really pick and choose so much, but if you're not ready um, and they offer you a fight, you can tell them that, and then they'll go from there, you know. Sometimes if you say, hey, I'm injured, they might ask for a doctor's note, you know, stuff like that, so – um, yeah, we really don't have an off season, you know, we got to kind of stay ready, be ready. Um, and that's the name of the game. Yeah. You've come in, you, you've won five consecutive, uh, fights now as well. Do you feel like, uh, you know, you're on top of your game and this is kind of the best you felt, uh, on the MMA level? Yeah. You know, um, around the five fight winning streak, uh, I think I had a five fight fight winning streak in the UFC before. But, yeah, I feel like I'm making the right decisions and peaking at the right time. And, yeah, now is the time. You know, I'm one step away from getting that title shot. Yeah, you're 23-7 and seven right now. Your last fight was September 4th. So you've had a little time to, to recover and get ready for the next one coming up in February. But tell me about that fight with Darren Till that, uh, again, it seemed like you were controlling that pretty well. You got into the wrestling part of it. And, and once that happens – it seems like that that becomes your match. Is is that always the goal to kind of get it to to wrestling, get that you know competitor down on the mat? Uh, it depends. You know, it depends what the person is good at. You know, if I have a wrestler who's just as good as me, we might have a different approach there. We might want to strike a little bit more. You know, so it's all about matchups and however spending the guy, seeing where they're strong, seeing where they're weak at, and and breaking them down. So yeah, that was the thing with Darren too. We just broke him down. Uh, really good striker. Um, I figure I had the grappling edge and whenever it got to that, you know, it showed that I did have the grappling edge. Yeah. You got him, uh, with the rear naked choke in the third round. Tell me what that is. I, I watched the match, so I kind of have an idea, but tell us about the, the rear naked choke. And is that kind of a special move of yours? Cause it's, it's come up in a couple of matches of yours. 
Yeah, that's when you, uh, you take someone down, you take their back, and you sink in the choke, you know. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a common thing, you know. When it comes to MMA, you either ground and pound a guy or you catch a submission, you know. And when you got a guy back, that's the two options. You can either start punching or you can look for a rear naked choke. And you have other submissions also, but those are the two uh, most common things to do is, is to ground and pound or look for a rear naked choke. Now, initially, you were supposed to fight in, in January, but they moved it back to February. What, what does that do for you? Is that, is that a plus for you getting ready for, for your next match? Um, it didn't really matter so much in terms of getting ready because, you know, when the fight time comes, I'm going to be ready. It was more so, you know, more time at home with the kids for the holidays and the family and stuff like that. So that, that was the, the benefit of that. Tell me about that, being home with the family. What do they think about what, what you do? you know, for your living? Obviously, you're doing more than just the MMA. You've got your own business there. But, you know, what are, are they supportive in what you're doing and, and enjoy what you're doing as well? Yeah, for sure. They, they love it. You know, they, they understand this competition. You know, they, they know the highs and the lows of the sport. So, yeah, they, they appreciate all. And they see the, the hard work that I put in. And the sports that they do, that's what I encourage them to do is work hard. And I, I'm not so big on wins and losses when it comes to stuff. You know, it's, it's about the effort. Because if you put forth the effort, then eventually the wins will come. Do you keep them in mind as far as, you know, again, how often you fight? And, and you know, obviously you want to protect your body so that you can spend time with them. Uh, once you're done fighting, do you keep them kind of on your mind with this? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, it's about definitely minimizing damage. You know, MMA is a, is a, is a, a contact sport, sport, a full contact sport. You know, you can punch, kick. You know, all that. So, yeah, definitely is, it's definitely taking care of the brain, minimizing damage, um, doing what I'm supposed to do, being in shape cardio-wise, uh, making sure I hit all my, my training sessions, and that helps me, helps me reduce the damage, you know, just being smart overall. What's a recovery like after a fight? Uh, is there different things that you're doing with your body to, to help it bounce back after a fight? Yeah, um, just resting, you know, taking a little bit of time off from the gym, you know, one or two weeks. It depends how banged up you are. Each fight is different. You could be really banged up or you come out with no bruises. So it, it all depends on that particular fight. Well, let's talk about the next one here, if we could. Uh, February 12th, uh, it's uh, Jared uh, Cannonier is your, your competitor coming up here, UFC uh, 271. So you're on the undercard of the middleweight champion for that one, right? So you're the number four contender. How important is this fight going to be for you to to get that next step and get that title uh, chance for you? Yeah, it's important, you know. Um, Jarrett's number three, I'm number four, and you have number one and two going at it, you know. So this right here cements my position to get that next title shot. So that, that's what we focus on right now is going out and getting the job done. So this is kind of like a Final Four, you know, those that are familiar with All basketball. Right. This is maybe the Final Four, I guess, for, for you guys. You know, knowing that this is your chance here, do you, do you train differently at all? No, I just I just continue to do what I've been doing over over the years, you know. Um, there's really no need to change anything up or do anything, you know, just keep breaking my opponents down, keep working hard. And, um, yeah, that's that. I mean, I might add a, a week. I think I'm adding a week more to my training camp. But, yeah, nothing too crazy. Israel Adesanya is number one. Robert Whitaker, those two going at it before or, or after you guys as well. Uh, Adesanya, he's the guy. He's number one right now. Uh, you fought him before. You're looking for a rematch. What would it take to to take him out? Yeah, um, just being more focused, more calculated. Um, 
the last fight, I think in 2017, 18, one, you know, that was the time we had the hurricane here and it flooded the whole town, you know. So I went from that straight to the fight. So it messed up my training camp a little bit, you know, but uh, this sport is, you can't make any excuses, you know, you got to go out there and fight. But I know just preparation wise is what I, I will have, I can add that to uh, what I've been doing or I know why I was a little off. And also I was training here at home, you know, where I didn't have the, the bodies I need to get ready for those big fights. And ever since I've been to Florida, I've been on a winning streak. And Israel Adesanya was my last fight, you know, here. Well, let's talk about that for a second. I mean, again, you get you get ready uh, and take on somebody like that, but it throws you off your routine a little bit. You know, does it help you maybe in a sense to, you know, you, you lose, but then you have a chance to learn from that loss as well and to see maybe what you needed to do better is that what you're hoping if you have a chance at him for the, the title? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, sports, you know, his wins and losses come with it, you know. And I look at it like this. Whenever you compete, it's about collecting data, seeing what where you need to prove, seeing where you're good at, and just kind of breaking it down. So that's that's what I look at, you know. And from that fight, I collect a lot of data in terms of the things that I can do differently and I know I will do differently and things to work on. And I feel like, you know, the results will be different. Obviously, you got to win that first fight February 12th. If that happens, is there a date set? Do you know when you know a matchup might come for the for the championship? Um, I guess it'll be around summertime. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I got to handle the one in front of me. But yeah, we're focused on the title shot. You know, we you know we got to. That's obvious. I got to take care of the one in front of me. So I feel like that's a must. You know, if I don't, then hey, I'm not in the championship fight. But yeah. I know that's in front of me, and that's the focus. And yeah, well, prepare for that title fight. Let's talk about you know how you get ready and, and the other people that that get you ready. As you said, you go down to Florida, you do training there. Who, who do you have? Who who are you? You know how how does it work for you to get ready for for a fight? Yeah, we have a big camp down there, man. We got about thirty UFC guys down there. We got top level coaches, Henry Hoof. Greg Jones, Cammy, um, Dr. Peacock, he's my strength and conditioning coach down there. So, yeah, we have I have everything I need down there to get ready for a high-level fight. My cardio will be up. Um, my lungs will be pushed. I'll be battle-tested. And when it comes fight time, it'll just be another fight. So what are you, what are you doing at home in Wilmington at your facility there that, that's maybe different? Yeah, so when I'm home, I'm, it's kind of like skills, just building my skills. When I go down there, it's like getting in shape and being ready to get in wars so that when I get into a fight, I be, I'm battle-tested. But, yeah, when, I, when I'm at home, it's a lot of drilling, a lot of technique, a lot of, you know, just drill repetition over and over and over again. Let's talk about one of your, your toughest moments in the ring. I mean, again, you mentioned uh, getting ready for Adesanya the first time there, getting ready with, with Hurricane Florence in Wilmington. Uh, is that the toughest moment you've had in, in a – in, in a fight in your career? Uh, I wouldn't say toughest. I mean, all of my losses, I would say, are, are, are my toughest, you know. Even I had a couple losses that I should have – that I've clearly won by um, everyone, you know, 90% of people. I lost two fights that I 90% of people thought I won. But, you know, that comes with it. A loss is a loss. A win is a win to me, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that. You know, I have to learn to deal with adversity and overcoming it. Keep, keep standing in the gym and keep working towards your goal. Yeah, when, when you have, you know, a sport like MMA and there there are decisions, if you don't knock somebody out or technical knockout, I mean, you go into a fight thinking, hey, it's going to be in my hands. I can't leave it in in judges' hands. 
Um, no, I don't think of that. I feel like, you know, the judges got a job to do. So, like, they're forced to do their job that night. You know, that's what they signed up for. That's what they're getting paid for. So, uh, I don't really worry about that. I go out there and do the the best that I can. I always look to finish the fight. But if that doesn't occur, then I rely on the judges to do, to do their job. Overall, UFC is is exploded, obviously, is is huge business. It's viewed by so many people. Are you, are you surprised at all about the sport and, and how big it's gotten and and how many people follow this sport? No, yeah, UFC is huge. You know, one of the smartest business models. Um, kind of like, it kind of reminds me of basketball. Basketball is a global sport in every country. I remember when it was just NBA was just, you know, they had the Olympics, but now like overseas basketball is big. Countries playing each other is big, you know. Um, kind of like MMA, like MMA is in every single country, whereas football is is a U.S. sport. Um, and other sports are too. Soccer is another thing that's like a global sport. And MMA is a global sport, and it has potential to be like one of the biggest sports being that we're everywhere and everybody participated. Like all you need is gloves and shin guards or just you really don't even need that. You just need to you, – you can practice anywhere pretty much. So, again, you're, you're the number four contender – um, you know, in your mind, are, is that an accurate number for you? Is do you th- do you think you you know should be higher on the on the scale right there? Uh, no, I really don't worry about higher or, or anything like that. I just worry about just getting that number one spot. That's my that's my goal. That's my focus. Thirty seven years old. You feel like you know if you're going to get there, it's got to be this go around. You think in a sense, is this your last chance? These couple of fights maybe coming up here for you. I wouldn't say last chance. I feel I can do it as long as I want to, but I would say, you know, um, I don't really have a lot more to prove to myself other than get a title shot. You know, I've been in the UFC. I've seen guys that who are really good come to the UFC, get three or four fights, and then they're back in the regional circuit um, working a normal job, you know, and I was able to do this for over a decade in the UFC. So, um I have nothing else to prove to myself but to get a title shot. So if um, yeah, this is my best shot at it, and this is this is the opportunity in front of me. You know, like you said, ten years. I mean, that's that's a long time in this sport, and then to be at the highest level. Do you, you know, you posted as I mentioned the other day that it was your your anniversary. Do you look back fondly at that, and and again, you know, say, hey, I survived this in a sense, you know, this long, and I've been able to do this at a high level for this long. Yeah, for sure. You know, that, that's that's a brilliant thing. You know, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of training, um, a little luck, um, staying healthy, um, just, you know, everything that comes with sports, you know, to be able to have longevity that long. Um, kind of like LeBron. LeBron's a guy who had, he's 38 and he's performing well. He looks like young. He's dropping 30 points a night, you know, but that's a, that's a testament in itself to stay healthy and have longevity, longevity for that period of time. And, you know, it doesn't happen often. Yeah, as you said, you take care of your body. No, you don't do drugs, don't, no alcohol, and it certainly uh, has paid off dividends for you from that standpoint as well. So, again, 37 years old, have, have you thought about, you know, after uh, your, your fighting career and, and, and what all you're doing? Obviously, you've got your gym in Wilmington as well, but uh, have you thought what else maybe you might be doing after uh, your fights are over? Yeah, I dabble in well, business-wise. I mean, I have my gym. I have a fight promotion. I manage fighters. Um, I, got, I, I do a little bit with real estate. So I have a lot of things going on, but um, I got my sons are six and three. So 
I got a long road of sports watching them and, and like, living through them and, and letting them have fun, you know. I'm not going to be the dad like just, like, down their throat, you know, about winning and stuff like that. It's going to be about effort. I'm more about effort, and eventually we'll get to where we want to get to. But, yeah, I have, like, I look forward to that. If they say, Dad, I want to I want to go to UFC, I want to be an MMA fighter, <laughs> what's your response to that? I'll say you better be ready to work hard. I'm going to be on your butt every single day. You know, so I'll support him. I'm not going to force him, but I definitely support him. Let's talk about your gym, Brunson's MMA and Fitness in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, folks watching this who who maybe are in the area, and and certainly it's a, a new year. People want to get in shape and do that. Uh, how can they get involved with with your gym, and and what are some of the things that they can find there? Yeah, uh, we're in the Independence Mall, Brunson's MMA and Fitness. We've been here for about four four years. Um, yeah, we have a lot of classes. We have Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, uh, kickboxing, wrestling. Uh, we're about to start females wrestling. We're about to start our youth wrestling program. Uh, we have MMA, um, cardio kickboxing. We have a little bit of, for everybody. We have class of people who want to be professional fighters, want to be amateur fighters, want to fight and see how far they can make it. Uh, we got people who want to get in shape. Like We have a little bit for everybody, you know, the youth, for kids. Um, anti-bullying, building their confidence, you know, and just learning how to be leaders and protect themselves without bullying others. Where did the business sense come from for you? Was it was that your major at, at UNC Pembroke? No, I majored in criminal justice. It just it came kind of naturally, you know what I mean? Like I said, I like to, if I look into something, then I'm going to work hard in that area, and I'm really going to try to find out the most about it so that it's successful. I don't want to do something and, not, and it not be successful, you know? It's things like I, I don't know. I have a hard time not being successful. Like sometimes it'd be like, you know, I shouldn't be doing this because it's not doing so well, but I'm like, okay, well, let's make sure we make it do well, you know? So I'm just one of those type of people. And you mentioned, you know, the contracts and different things with UFC. Were you paying a little bit more attention to that kind of stuff? And again, seeing how that business model worked to see how you can, you know, relate that into your own business uh, model of this, different things that you're doing as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Yeah. But, what better to learn, like learn on, learn on the job and like one of the top models, you know, you also have a, a brilliant business model. So there's some things that I can duplicate from there and, and learn from there. And even when it comes to managing fighters, I know how they think. So um, I can kind of convey that to my, to the, the younger generation or the guys coming up. Let's talk about a couple of awards you got. Uh, you were recognized by uh, your alma mater, UNC Pembroke. Uh, with uh, what, the Young Alumnus of the Year and also inducted into the, the Athletics Hall of Fame there as well. What did those honors mean to you? Oh, it felt good, you know. Um, I put in a lot of work. You know, I represented the university well. So, you know, they were honored to put me in the Hall of Fame and the Young Alumnus Award I believe I got like a couple years before that. So, yeah, it definitely feels good getting those awards. Yeah, 2014, the Young Alumnus. 2016 was the, the Hall of Fame. Um for you again, you're you're 23 and seven. You won five straight matches here, or f- fights here. Do you have a best moment so far in your career in the ring? Uh, probably my biggest fight when I went down to Brazil and fought the former UFC champion Leo Machida in his backyard, and I was able to knock him out in the first round. That probably was the biggest victory, and that was like catapult me to other things. What what was that like with? You know, in his backyard, as you said, and all the fans there, obviously they weren't rooting for you. What was that like? It was cool. You know, I was respectful. I had a guy on the car, Kobe Covington, who was, like, causing chaos. 
the whole time. So, like, they were, like, hating him, and they was loving me. They were like, man, you're such a nice person. You can come to Brazil and fight any time. You beat our guy, but we still love you. So, yeah, it was, it was cool. Can you be a nice person to be in the UFC? I mean, again, you, you have this persona now, the blonde Brunson. Do you have uh-huh. to play that up a little bit in UFC a little bit? Oh, yeah. I mean, you you can joke around, be yourself, have fun, you know. Um, yeah, that, that's that's it's the blonde Brunson vibes. But, yeah, that's just me. I'm a jokey person. I like to have fun. Um, I like making up words, too, when I say jokey. But, yeah, I like to joke and just have a good time. So that's just me. Is do you relate it at all to like pro wrestling as far as you know that the heels and the good guys? You know, do, is there one that you're trying to 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 be? So uh, again, it's I'm, I'm sure once you come to the fight, you're trying to get the crowd on your side for sure. Oh no, I'm just being myself. You know, I like I like the joke. I like to be silly, so I just be myself. I think that comes natural. All right, well let's let's talk about a big topic here, Jake Paul. You, you've called him out a couple of times on, on Twitter. Are, are you looking for a fight with Jake Paul at some point? Well, he called me out first. That's how the whole thing got started. It's funny. Uh, he actually asked me to come train with him um, a while ago. And then he called me out, you know. So, like, I, for sure, you know, maybe after MMA when I'm out of my UFC contract, you know, I, I like to box. You know, I always want to box anyways, get a professional boxing. A lot of people assume that, oh, yeah. MMA fighters can't box or my boxing isn't so good. It's like, I'm a smart guy. So it's like, if I got the advantage grappling, I'm going to grapple you. You know what I mean? Wow. Why play 50-50 if I'm really better at something else, you know? So, um, yeah, man, my, my boxing is good. I've been boxing for about 10 years now. So, yeah, definitely would like to get a professional boxing match when I'm done with MMA. Maybe one, two. Well, well, again, right now, you know, in MMA, you're, you're, you're doing all the disciplines. So if you're concentrating on just boxing – it seems like oh, you know, yeah. the effort you're putting in, you're going to be able to do that. Is that is that your mindset that if you're 100% training for boxing, that you'll be pretty good? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I went to Mayweather's gym, and those guys, I'm trained with his dad and everybody who trained Floyd, and they got nothing but world champions in the gym, Olympians and stuff like that. And that's the thing. The coach was like, hey, man, if you actually put some time in it, it's like a month, man, you can, you can, beat, you can beat some legit boxers, you know? Just have to put the time in. But, yeah, if I'm specifically focusing on boxing, yeah, I can do it. Again, as you said, you're from the north side of, of Wilmington. Uh, I mean, do you ever look back and, and see and, and think about how far you've come? As you said, you, you know, you are a celebrity. You're you're more than just a local celebrity in Wilmington. Uh, do you think about that often? And, and again, think about, you know, the, the role model that maybe you are to some kids around Wilmington and elsewhere? Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, that's what I'm supposed to do, you know. I feel like I, get, I give you the perfect analogy. Some some people are like, oh, man, you're the best dad. You go and be on. I'm like, hey, that's what I'm supposed to do, you know. So, like, it feels like that's what I'm supposed to do. I know people don't awfully embrace it and feel like, hey, I'm not a role model. Forget your kids. I don't have to do this. But I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. You know, I'm a Christian guy, and that's my self as a personality. But it's okay to be yourself, joke, laugh. Um, you don't have to be perfect and, and, and still, you know, live the life you want to live. How often do you go around and talk to, to kids as, as a group like that about that message? Again, talking with you here, I mean, you've got some great messages that you don't often hear from, from you know, celebrities or, or athletes. And, you know, do you talk to them often? Yeah, when I, when I have time, I haven't in a while just because my schedule has been so strapped. you lucky you got an hour of my time today. <laughs> I'm like, I cannot find, like, 30 minutes in a day. Like when I get home, I sit down, I play video games for about an hour. That's like my mental time, mental time to like unwind, relax, you know? But yeah, my time is like, like crazy right now. So like when I finish one task, I'm on to another, you know? 
Yeah, we, we appreciate your time because this has been a, a couple of weeks or maybe months getting this interview in. Yeah. How, how much are you traveling? Is that part of it as well that you're traveling? And, and you know, that's got to be tough for you to be away from your family during that time as well. Yeah, I travel uh, here and there, but I really travel for the extent whenever I do my training camp down in South Florida. So, yeah, like I said, I go down there for like four or five weeks before a fight, go to the fight and then I come home. But um, the focus, I mean, life is about sacrifices. You know, you can't get good things in life if you don't sacrifice something. So, um, yeah, we, you know, we, we figure, you know, we're not the youngest guy. So, you know, we got to make all these fights count. So, I mean, all these fights count. So, yeah, definitely putting in the time and dedicating the time. You mentioned, let's go back a second. You mentioned playing video games. You're playing video games with your, your sons, or is that what you're doing to, to unwind a little bit? Yeah, I just play with myself. You know, they're six and three, so they're not quite on the Xbox level yet. I mean, they play their little on their iPads and stuff like that, but not, not the video games I'm playing. Uh, are you a Madden guy? Unfortunately, you know, John Madden just passed away this week. Are you a yeah. Madden guy? No, I used to be I used to be heavy on Madden when I can like moss everybody, when I could just throw like a ninety yard bomb to the house. But uh yeah, no, I used to play Madden twenty four seven and a little bit of two K. I mostly play like Fortnite. That's my game. Fortnite's your game right now. Yeah. What else do you remember about Madden? Were, were you playing against friends? You know, is, was there a lot of trash talking going on playing the Madden? Oh, for sure. That was the college game. Like when I was in college, we played Madden. That's it. I used to like play with the Vikings. And Randy Moss is pretty much unstoppable in that game. Well, again, we're almost done here, but, uh, you know, certainly thank you for your time. You know, getting ready, February 12th. You know, what what, what are your keys? What are your keys, do you think, in, in that fight against uh, uh, Cannoneer to try to get to, you know, the championship, championship fight after that? Just being myself, just doing what I've been doing the last couple of fights, adding to that, being in good shape, and just having fun and – Stand authentic to what I do. So how much more training do you have? Uh, how much are you training per day, I guess, to get ready for that fight? Uh, twice a day. That's every single day, except for I take Sunday off. What kind of things are you doing during, during that time? Uh, so we're doing a little bit of everything. Wrestling, kickboxing, Muay Thai, jiu conditioning, weights, wrestling, everything. So we just break it down into certain things on certain days. Again, being from Wilmington, you feel like, you know, this city's got your back and and, and you got a, a good core of fans here and folks that support you, you know, ready to cheer you on and ready to, to see you get a, a shot at the title? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I'm, my hometown supports me. Um, obviously, everybody always wants more. But, yeah, yeah, we're in the right spot. We're doing – some people say, man, I'm more famous in other parts of the world than I am uh, in Wilmington, you know. And so that's that's kind of the joke. But, yeah, it is what it is. Uh I'm walking around town and people stopping me, you know, two or three times. Sorry, you with your family. Can I get a picture? You know, so, yeah, I mean, Wilmington show me love for sure. Yeah, Wilmington is a, a big time sports town. A lot of people coming through this town. Uh, and uh, again, you're a big part of that currently right now as well. And Derek, again, we, we appreciate your time. We wish you the best of luck and, and hope you're going to get a shot at that title here coming up this summer. And uh, certainly we'll be rooting for you as well. Thank you. Well, again, my thanks to Derek for joining us, taking a time out of his very busy schedule, as you could tell, to join us and chat about his career a little bit, MMA and UFC, his fight coming up February 12th. Check that out if you can. Our thanks as well to Warrior MMA and also Brunson MMA and Fitness in Wilmington for some of the video that we showed you earlier in the episode. 
We thank you for joining us once again. If you like what you're seeing, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got more great guests ahead for you in the front row with Mike Beccaro. Another episode coming soon. Have a great day, everybody.